You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be talking about the importance of knowing when good enough is good enough for you and your clients. That's up in a bit in our Business Builder, so stay tuned. But first up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with organization and interior design expert, Jennifer Phelps. Jennifer helps her clients create a place they love and can thrive in both personally and professionally. She believes that when you reinvent your space, you reinvent yourself. With so many entrepreneurs operating businesses out of their homes today, having a space that you absolutely love to be in has never been more important. Like many of you, both Michael and I work out of a home office, so I'm excited to hear what insights and strategies Jennifer has to share on our call today. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi there. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. It's going to be a little bit different conversation, which I love. But before we get started, or to get us started, I should say, I would love to have you share just a little bit about your business, how it got started, and how it's evolved over time. Well, uh, let's see. For for about six years I was involved in the nonprofit world and the health and health and wellness world which was really wonderful but uh, like many people my life completely imploded I was running that with my ex and when he and I split I not only lost my partner but I lost my home I lost my job I lost my community and many of us mm-hmm. have that kind of story but here's mm-hmm. the thing it was it was the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, where there was, you know, there were no jobs happening. So you never know what is going to be teaching you something for your next step when it's happening. And he and I had some rental properties, and I was working with them. So I said, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? I said, well, let me do for others what I've been doing for ourselves. So I started a small home repair company. I had a lot of professional women clients, and that was a great way for me to segue back into the world um, on my own. And through one thing and another, I had um, all kinds of fall downs in recovering from, from that implosion. But the thing that's amazing is while we all often have an ugly story, we have the chance to rewrite that story and and reinvent ourselves. So having been Mm -hmm. there, that is really a powerful life experience for me, which then I can, you know, bring to my clients. So it's evolved from a little um, home repair company to 
really helping people coach about reclaiming their spaces and reinventing themselves. So that's exciting for me. Interesting. And I think when you do go through that kind of life transition, there's so many lessons that you can learn. And there's, we always learn, I believe, what we need so then we can share it with others and really help make a big difference in the lives of the people that we touch. I think that that's true, but it takes um, a willingness to be self-aware about uh, some of the lessons and some of the opportunities. Because, for example, when you're liberated from a chapter in your life against your will, sometimes mm-hmm. it's very hard to see where the, where's the gift in that. It's, it's very hard to see that very often. Right. And uh, so it, it takes a willingness to kind of dig in the dark corners. And, and for me, I do that literally as well as figuratively because you dig in the dark corners and you find the buried treasure of the story and your life. So that's really my, that's what's exciting to me about my work. And it's, you know, getting into the corners and finding the treasures. And I, that's a great way to put it. And I, it's not an easy journey by any means. And it, you go through, I believe, a lot of ups and downs as you're going through it. But it's also a time when that happens to take that step back and really do that self-reflection, really look at what's going on in your life, what's working really well, and what needs to be changed. That's right. And that's why, for me, I realize that People go to coaches and business coaches and therapists, but then they come back home or they come to their office, and it's like they're three steps forward, two steps back, because they open the door and they say, who am I kidding? Because their story is playing out in their space, and that's an Mm -hmm. underserved opportunity to really work in that space so that it supports. The, the, the growth and changes you're trying to make in your business and personally. So we often don't realize that our story, for better or worse, is playing out in our environment. We just sort of get used to it somehow, and we don't realize that in addition to the positive stories and pictures of our kids and things, we also have, you know, some of the negative story um, playing out. And so mm-hmm. to be able to help people clear that space and take control there as well so that it matches their goals and their growth to me is a very exciting thing because I hate for people to, you know, these incredible women go to eWomen Network Conference and they're so energized by Sandra and all the things happening and then they come Mm -hmm. home and drop their luggage and they say, oh, I, I want people to come home and say, yes. I am a powerhouse, and my space helps me big, dream those big dreams and manifest mm-hmm. what is important to me. I love that. So can you talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say transforming your space transforms yourself? Yeah, I say reinvention, but it's the same thing, whether you call it rewriting your story or transformation or reinvention. When we <clears throat> are willing to go through, uh, although I'll say, my clients call me and they're, you know, they're overwhelmed. Uh, primarily, it's professional women. You know, they're overwhelmed. They may feel you know, paralyzed because they can run the world at work mm-hmm. or run their family, but they, they can't quite 
tackle their own personal stuff. So mm-hmm. oftentimes people get into technique about how to get organized. But really for me, that part of the reinvention is really trying to get to the nut of the story part. How'd you get here? What are the things that are hard? You know, if you're dealing with inherited stuff from your parents or you're dealing with empty nest or you're dealing with getting a great job and hitting the ground running, you don't always have the bandwidth to dig through things and to have someone to help you to go through and see what, where are my you know, issues? Where are the emotional triggers? If you don't want to go mm-hmm. through your closet because you're going to see all these clothes with tags on them that you spent all this money on but never wore or, you know, 15 different sizes that you're afraid to get rid of, those are things that are emotional, you know, arrows, darts before we even leave the house. But we sub- subconsciously kind of protect ourselves from that. Mm-hmm. So having someone to help you uh, take control of that story, to see it first and then take control and then take control of your space really does help that reinvention because you're, you're, you're reclaiming your story and you're mm-hmm. rewriting that. And that's, to me, what's really exciting. Oh, I can I can see how that would be. And it's funny because I had mentioned so something I wanted to, to ask you about is I think I, I know a lot of people, I guess it's the age and stage that I'm at, that are losing parents that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And they're, you've got all of these things that you have childhood memories of. You've got things that you don't want to let go of, but you don't really have a place for them. Mm-hmm. And I know I personally have gone through that, and we've gotten to the point where, you know, we have to keep some things because you want them, and, but you've got to have a way to be able to enjoy them. Having them stuck in a box in the garage isn't enjoying mm-hmm. them. It's more stressful <laughs> than it is um, anything else. So, I mean, even with the kids, you know, I took a picture and framed it from one of my kids, and I have it on the wall so I can enjoy it. Um, Michael just took some of his, you know, family, you know, it, cufflinks and things and did a beautiful shadow box. So then the rest of it we mm-hmm. can just let go of. But it's been a challenge and it's been a journey to even get to that point. And we still have a long way to go. But that's, it's hard that's for people right. to let go. Well, you know, the thing is that we sometimes have a distorted sense of value of things because we feel like using the example of, of our parents, um, we have a sense that everything that they touched was somehow precious to them when they maybe picked that up at a garage sale. And we don't know that because we didn't have some of the important conversations before they passed. And I always right. tell people that the things that have value are not necessarily the things that have a financial value. They're the mm-hmm. things that hold the memories for us and put us in the place of loving memories of that person. And I mm-hmm. use the example, it might be the salt and pepper shaker that was always on the family dining table and it might not be the china cabinet with all of the dishes. You know, for you, it's, it's now your memory and you get mm-hmm. to keep the things that are precious to you about that person, not just making a shrine to a person mm-hmm. that you loved. So that's the difference. So, so how do you get people started when, you know, they, to get their, their workspace in order or they've got to just 
start to get rid of things so that they've got that. It's a place they want to go versus mm-hmm. a place they feel forced to go. And, and when you don't have a, a, a nice, you know, when, when you don't have that, that welcoming space, you're not as productive. It kind of just shuts you down. How do you get them started? Well, that's right. You know, you can be sitting there on the phone trying to close a big deal, looking at a big pile of cluttery junk on your, you know, on mm-hmm. your desk and think, oh, if they only saw this, they would not be hiring me. You know, mm-hmm. So really we want to look, you know, at what it is that um, is holding you up first. And always, it always starts with getting rid of the extra. It's not about, you know, being a minimalist unless you want to mm-hmm. be, but it really is about first pulling out, you know, the lanyard from that conference you went through and to in 2007, you know you went. You really don't need that sitting there collecting dust. And just really taking <laughs> out those things. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and, the, and the training manuals from 2001. I mean, really, there, there are just so many things that just occupy space that we're kind of blind to so often. Or they, they look to us like achievements, but really they're just now taking up space and literally don't have room for the new things and the new growth that we want to have. So you don't have to have a big budget, but first really taking a critical eye and editing ruthlessly. You know, I always say organizing is a euphemism for getting rid of stuff. But mm-hmm. find an awesome charity. Find a teacher's charity to give office supplies to. Find a place where you can give, where you're going to feel good. That makes it easier. And then really first get rid of everything you need. And then there are a lot of tips and tricks for being able to create a space that's very functional. And, of course, I help people with that. But first mm-hmm. I start with the story, then your stuff, and then your space. Does it work and flow for you? And what's your vision? Are you going to stay working at home? Are you planning to move to another office? Or, you know, there are a lot of different facets. So always getting rid of everything that doesn't serve you, that's what really takes the introspection and then next, setting up a space that is um, sort of like a bullseye, the things you need closest to you and at hand, and then the next layer of things you need at your fingertips but not every minute, and then you continue going out and out until you're in the archival thing where your back taxes are in the garage or something like that. So we often just clutter our, our day-to-day space with things that we hardly ever use. And then we can't figure out why we can't put things away and get organized. So mm-hmm. it really does sort of require a radiating organizational pattern. So what do you find is the biggest um, challenge for people getting started? Um, I think that people's lives are moving so quickly Mm-hmm. And like I said, the, the two words that people, professional women in particular, they call me about is, you know, they, they are dealing with clutter, chaos, or just soul-fucking blech, as I call it. They're not sure where to start. And often women don't feel that they can get help. They feel like they have to do it all themselves. And oftentimes, that's really the number one thing. We're paralyzed because we don't have the objectivity and we're afraid mm-hmm. to ask for help because we think we should be able to do it ourselves. And really, mm-hmm. I think that is the number one is we think we should be able to do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what Sandra talks about too is, you know, there are things that we just can't or shouldn't <laughs> do it ourselves. Right. Or you need a yeah. team. You know, you need a team. You need help. And that's, uh, that's why I love doing that. 
And I think, I, I think you're right. It does help when you've got someone that can look at it objectively. So what do you tell someone when they don't want to get rid of something because they think they may need it someday? Well, I think that there's a couple different steps in that. I think we always first want to remove the things that aren't that hard to ponder. You know, mm -hmm. there are some things that are kind of obvious. But then I say worst case scenario, let's, let's say is this, is this truly a one in a million object, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it a corkscrew and you have three and you can really do away with, you know, at least one, maybe two. Right. Worst case scenario, if you had to replace it in a year, would it be easy to do? Mm -hmm. But we can always work up to the hard ones, you see. So by, by starting with the ones that are easier and working our way up to the ones that are harder, it exercises mm -hmm. a muscle of, of discerning. So we're exercising that muscle of what is the value of this to me? And then, then we can get into the harder ones and the more emotional ones. And frankly, once we really start exercising the muscle of what really is valuable to us, we can also exercise that muscle when it comes to a job, relationships, people. There's all kinds of things that we have to decide if it's serving mm -hmm. us well or not. And going through your stuff is really a, a good place to start. Mm -hmm. And also, okay. you know, yeah. you can, might be able to gift that to somebody or maybe you just keep it. I'm, it's not about getting rid of everything. It's about keeping what's the treasures and letting go of the things that are in the way of that. That's really what it's about. Yeah, and I, I like the way you put that, keeping the treasures. And I always keep, what, what's really been helping me lately is really looking and saying, this can add value to someone else instead of just, you know, being something else I've got here. Uh, so this, you've given us some uh, great things to think about. I think it's funny. I love this thing so much. I'm going to stuff it in a box and then tape it all up and put it in a dark storage unit where I pay $100 a month because I love it so much I can't get rid of it. It's just so ironic. When you, it's just funny when you, when you realize what we do with the things that we love, we put in the way and never see them again, and then spend all that money on it. It's just, it, it's just the 10% uh, of us keep off-site storage units and spend so much money storing things we love that we think we can't get I rid know. of, serving nobody and doing nobody any good. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is so true. <laughs> we need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to continue the conversation. And I'd love to have you, um, while we're on break, think of a, an example or two of where someone has really let go and how it's really impacted them in their growth and their business. But we'll be right back, so stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula 
covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with organization and interior design expert Jennifer Phelps. Jennifer helps you get in control of your space, create a place you love and can thrive in, both professionally and personally. And if you missed the first half of our conversation, you absolutely want to go back and listen to it. There was some great advice, some ways to really think about it, thinking about specifically what is your story and what is your vision for what you want to create. And I loved as we were ending our, our conversation as you talked, Jennifer, about keeping the treasures and letting go of the things that are in the way of allowing you to really enjoy those treasures. Um, you gave us so much to think about. And as we start the second part of our, our conversation, I'd love to just ask you, because I know one of the things that people are really challenged with is how do you differentiate yourself from other people in, that are in the market when someone thinks of an organizer or thinks of what you do, they may <laughs> think that it's a, a, there's, a, there's a box that you fit in, but yet there's so much more. So how do you differentiate yourself from the market? Well, you know, uh, a lot of people hesitate to call a professional organizer. Like I said before, people think they should be able to do it, for one. Mm -hmm. Two, they, they picture some sort of prissy, pinched-nosed, judgmental Mary Poppins going into their house. And, <laughs> I mean, seriously. And that's really not what people want, right? So mm -hmm. what I've been able to do, I mean, one hand, I've been really fortunate. Um, uh, six and a half years ago, I was invited to come on the Tucson Morning Blend. A lot of cities have a, a morning blend, but it's a morning program um, here in Tucson. And I've been able to do a wonderful segment as their in-house organizing expert. So that helps people see who I am as a personality. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of public speaking. And I think no matter what your field, and particularly if you're doing something like organizing, but really I'm much more of a, a, an environmental coach in a sense than just mm -hmm. organizing. Organizing is one of the tools and designing a space that looks and feels beautiful to you. But mm -hmm. for people to see who you are, your personality, your little foibles, your imperfections helps people feel more comfortable when they're ready to pull the trigger and have someone come into 
that space where they have shame around and feel like you might be a safe person to talk to. Being out in front of people, speaking and on TV and the things that I do really helps people um, feel comfortable. That really has made a difference for me in my field in particular. Mm. So what kind of, um, when someone says they want to start working with you, what kind of questions should they be asking you or, or other people that they're look at, looking at working with? Because I think that's one of the challenges. People don't know what they don't know. So what right. questions would you suggest people ask when they're looking to talk to someone or get someone to, to coach them or help them through getting their space in order? Well, I think first there's a lot. Uh, I wouldn't shop price specifically because mm -hmm. it's really a very personal and intimate work mm -hmm. together. Um, if you just want someone to come in and organize your pantry, you can find someone to do that. That's pretty easy. You can get someone to do that. But if you really are wanting someone to come in and shift through some of your personal stuff and help you shift some habits, shine a little light on um, some things that aren't working for you, and help you make a long-term change, you're going to want to find someone who is a professional um, locally. You want to talk to a few people and see who clicks you know, with you, who you feel like you can have in your space and share um, you know, your story with. Mm -hmm. And there are professional organizers all over. Um, I recommend people be highly cautious getting people off Craigslist and stuff because, you know, you're having your checkbook, your financial records. There's, there are things in offices and homes that you just want to be conscious that you're getting a professional um, because you're going to have them in your space, especially your business right. and your office. Yeah. So that right. would be a little cautionary tale. Oh, that's um, a great thing to be aware of because you are going to have someone in your, your home or your space. Yeah. Someone said to me, I found someone who charges $12 an hour on Craigslist. And I said, that is great for you. But <laughs> you may want to do a background check. <laughs> I was just like, I felt, you know, I, I wasn't one trying to disparage, but you really have to be cautious is all. You know, and and – so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a little bit of a tangent here and have just a little bit of the price discussion. And I think it's important mm -hmm. to not overpay and, and not, you know, to, to get value. But I hear mm -hmm. that all the time when people are networking. Well, I'll just go to the free events. And from mm -hmm. my perspective, they're worth every penny you pay for it. But mm -hmm. what people forget is, your time is the most valuable, precious commodity that you can never, right. ever get back. Nothing is free. So you really want to look mm -hmm. at your results. You want to look at what you're trying to accomplish. And if someone who's an expert can come in and help you, you know, in a, a short amount of time, if you're paying, you know, a real low rate, you're probably going to get someone who's not an expert. Right. And if we could do it on our own or figure it out, We'd already be there. We'd have it done. Right. You know, so to me, I think, that's important. No. Well, yeah, I think that what happens is people don't realize how much they're paying every day in different currencies. They just see what mm. they're going to pay dollar amount, say, for me, right? 
But right. what's happening every day, they're wasting time, they can't find things, they lose things, they have to purchase things a second, third, fourth time because they can't find them. Their confidence mm -hmm. is down because they're on the phone with someone looking at their office and thinking that they're a fraud. They can't have people come to their home. They don't want it. They're not getting promoted because their bosses see that they're disorganized. Um, mm -hmm. They're late for a meeting which loses them their thing. They, they lose um, client information. And I'm just talking about work, let alone at home. You know? mm -hmm. But there are so many ways. And the stress of having our space working actively against us, it's like being in a bad relationship. Every morning we wake up and we're supposed to be rock stars, but we wake up and see stuff unfinished in our bedroom. We go into our closet. We fear feel terrible about our clothes. We go into our bathroom, which is hard to clean because we have so much stuff. And then we walk mm -hmm. on through the house, and before we're out the door, we already feel bad about ourselves. Right. That is a cost every mm -hmm. day. And people don't realize that. So what I do really is a value service because it's a life-changing mm -hmm. event and not just moving stuff around. That's the thing about it. That's right. for me right. the yeah. that's for me the juicy spot. That's what I love the most. That's my favorite. Yeah, I, I love the way you um, talk about that, and because it is, it really is a, a life changing event. And when you look at that way, it's got it's very high value. It's high return. Um, so getting it done and and really getting on that 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 path and that journey will will change everything. I'm so, priceless. <laughs> I, it it uh, sounds like it sounds like it, um, it it can absolutely be. So, can you give us uh, just an example of a client that you've worked with that has maybe just briefly described the shift they made and what absolutely. the change or impact was for them? I have a client who had two spaces that were a real problem, and actually. The first part of this is really important for the holidays coming up as well and, mm -hmm. uh, because they had a playroom. They had created a dedicated playroom for their three kids, but the mm -hmm. playroom was so full of stuff, too many mm -hmm. toys, too much stuff. The kids hated the room. They wouldn't mm -hmm. go in the room. And they, they want to give their kids everything, but we can't because then it becomes overwhelming. So we went in and purged a ton of stuff and then rearranged everything, and now the kids love it, and mom and dad have an exercise space in there. But what happens is we bring too much in, thinking that it's a gift, when really it becomes overwhelming and not useful mm -hmm. to anybody. So a playroom that kids hate, that really is a fine story right there, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, so then also she worked from home. She's a big deal pharmaceutical rep, and mm -hmm. her home office was a disaster. So her husband had a very messy desk that she had to look at from her desk. He worked mm -hmm. out of the home, came home and dumped stuff there all the time. Anytime people came over, she would grab all the kids' stuff and throw it in her office. Terrible boundaries. A lot of mm -hmm. professional people have that problem with the home office. No boundaries. You don't keep your pots and pans in your office. Why do you keep your kids' toys in your office? <laughs> You're going to use yeah. them, but they go where they live. And then, and then also she had a huge stack of her father's estate, which she was finishing. She had so much stuff and so many negative triggers. It was really mm -hmm. hard for her to be in her own space. So mm -hmm. really going through all of that and creating a space where her husband can put his stuff behind you know, closed doors. Kids take their own stuff out. 
helped her pull everything else out so she could manage her father's estate and rework the storage space and clear her desk and clear all these little knickknacks. And, and she has a beautiful space now. And mm-hmm. that made a huge difference for her because she's a, she's a go-getter and a moneymaker, but her space was working against her. And a lot of it's boundaries, uh, in, especially in a home office. So, you know, mm-hmm. we want to be everything to everybody, but we need to carve out a little spot where we have control. And that makes a difference personally and professionally, mm-hmm. how we feel about ourselves and how we perform in our work. Yeah. It's it's interesting because you talk about um, boundaries, and I know Sandra Yancey talks quite a bit about boundary management. It's not time management; it's boundary management. And mm-hmm. I think we do try to get these spaces and these places that do so many different things. But what we get is, and there's no clear vision of what we're trying to accomplish because there's so many things right there in front of us, and we can't do everything at one time. That that's right. And, um, you know, home offices are particularly tricky, but even our business offices tend to be full of a lot of personal items. Not that mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have personal items, but there are, are spaces to um, put those and places mm-hmm. to just be businessy. So if you're doing, for example, um, video conferencing, the space mm-hmm. behind you is a branding opportunity. It should not be family photos and stacks of papers. Be Mm -hmm. mindful of what's behind you because just even one little corner of your office where you are looking like the rock star you are that matches Mm -hmm. your brand, you are then embodying that. Your space is embodying who you are, the business and the service you're providing. That's really important for your clients, but also to self-reinforce how awesome you are, not to Mm -hmm. work against that. So, I mean, literally knowing where your stapler is is important, but really going in your office and saying, yeah, this is me, and I am um, presenting my best self to myself and my clients Mm -hmm. in this space. Very important. And not that hard. You don't have to spend a gazillion dollars. You you can do it on a budget. Yeah. No, that's a great, um, that's a, an absolute great reminder because so many people are doing those video conferences. They're doing Zoom. They're doing Skype. They're doing that. And I think what's behind you is, um, is really important. That, it is. And I've been very aware of that when I've been on calls. So um, it really does make, a, it does make a huge difference. So as we wind up our time together, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and what you offer? I have some really fun free stuff, which I love to share. So first of all, my website is so easy to remember. So my name, jenniferphelps.org, like organized. So jenniferphelps.org. And when you go there, you can get this beautiful download, uh, Clear the Clutter and Create a Closet You Love in Three Simple Steps. It's a lot of mindset stuff that I've been talking about and that helps you clear your closet, and um, which really should be our Superman a phone booth of awesomeness, really. We should go in there and come out feeling empowered. Um, so that's there for free. Uh, my, my blog and my little weekday reminders, little happy thoughts that I send out, that is all for free. Um, and then I have a 30-minute discovery call. Fill out a little tiny questionnaire so I get a sense of who you are and what you're looking at. I'm happy to talk to you about whatever your issue is, whether you hire me or not. If you decide so, I can do distance, remote, um, and all of that. And I am mm-hmm. unrolling, I'm rolling out a 
online program early next year. I'm working on it now. I'm excited and nervous. But there's tons of stuff that you can get from me just to help you get clear on where you're headed. And I love to share that. Perfect. Thank you very much. And can you, as we, we end our time together, give our listeners just one tip or one piece of advice that they can apply immediately to really get started and really create the space that they love both personally and professionally? I think one of the best simple everyday habits that we can create is what I call the give it basket. You can have it be a pretty basket that matches your decor in your closet or somewhere, but it's the one thing that rather than taking a shirt off your hanger in the morning and saying, this doesn't work, I need to spend an entire weekend organizing my closet someday, which we never mm -hmm. do, we just take right. that piece and put it in the give it basket. We tell our kids to do the same thing with toys they outgrow. And then when mm -hmm. that is full, we give it. So one thing at a time, we are clearing our space so it doesn't feel overwhelming. If we spend just 10 minutes, set a timer, mm -hmm. do one shelf, do a tiny bit at a time will get you much farther than you have gotten doing nothing for three years. But a give it basket as a habit that you incorporate into your household every day makes a huge difference. Plus, you're supporting a charity that you love and clearing your space one little bit at a time. It's a great new habit. That's a great habit to start. So I'm going to challenge yeah. all of our listeners to create a Give It basket, and we'd love to have you um, post on our turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and tell us you're going to create a Give It basket and you're going to awesome. really get your space all taken care of and in a perfect place to start out uh, 2019 and have a fabulous year. So thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for all that you shared and all your wonderful ideas. Thank you so much for having me. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting 
creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're talking about how to keep from overwhelming your clients with content. You know, I think we have a tendency to provide too much information, TMI, and I think it's really important to understand just how much information people need to really make a decision and give them the right information. Just because you give them more doesn't mean it's better. Yeah, absolutely it doesn't. And in fact, I was just talking to someone yesterday um, and we were talking about clients. She was a coach and and we were talking about each other's clients. And basically, um, you know, I said to her, I have yet to meet a client who wanted to put too little into their course. Every single one of the people that I work with always want to put too much into their course. And I think that's natural. That's natural for us as coaches. We want to tell everybody everything we know about whatever it is we're good at. Um, we want to provide them with just as much knowledge as we possibly can. And, and we sort of forget um, that we may have been at it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years of learning and they're new. They're just starting. And so to overload them with everything you know, you may think you're doing them a service, but in actuality, you're, you're not. You're just, you're just really causing them to freeze up and do nothing. Well, and I always think back to, and um, I, I sometimes think, should I share this or not? But remember back six years ago when we were first starting and we were talking to a hospital and we did a PowerPoint for an hour talk. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was about 45 slides and it was so much information and you always have said after that it was like putting 10 pounds of rice in a five pound bag and at the end people said it was great information but they were glassy-eyed they had so much nobody knew what to do next because you can't boil it down to one or two things that they can do and that is the key is giving them the right information at the right level so that they can actually figure out what action to take next and get into action I, I totally remember that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think we we're crazy because I look back on that. Literally, it was a one hour live presentation and we just told them everything we knew as fast as we could tell it to them. And we had examples and we had exercises and we had slides and we and and I look back on that several years later and think, well, no wonder they didn't do anything. They were just totally blown out of the water with all the stuff they had to do. And in fact, just to give you an idea of how much stuff was in that, we took parts of that, just parts of that one hour presentation and made it into a four hour webinar. So that wasn't even everything we told them in an hour and we we did it in four hours and it's still, you know, I look back on that one, it might have been a little bit too much information. But we did get results because right. it was actually in chunks sized pieces with activities in ways that they could actually take action so we did get great results yeah absolutely and you know it's it's totally natural to to do that in the beginning but um i mean think of the example the example i always think of is um when was the last time you went to make a buying decision 
about something and a product or a service or whatever, and you decided to go on the internet and uh, see if it was really a good product. And so you wanted to compare it against other products and you wanted to look at different options and you wanted to see where different places you could buy it. And before you know it, like an hour or two hours have gone by and you're totally confused because now not only do you see the product that you wanted, but now you've seen the pros and cons of five or six other products and now you can't make a decision. Well, that's an example of just having too much information. And so one of your jobs as a coach, speaker or author is to not is to give information. But the other job you have is to really focus that information down so that whoever is taking the information in can do something with it. And that they're not overwhelmed. Absolutely. And because it's really important, I think it is our obligation to make sure that they can get into action. Because I always remind myself that when a client takes no action and makes no decision, they're still making a decision. And it's, it's, really our obligation as the experts to give them the tools, resources, and information so that they can take action and make the change that they want to make. So how can someone keep from overwhelming their clients? Well, the, the best way to do it is to really think in terms of uh, layers, like an onion. So, you know, have an offering, a product or a service that provides just the first layer for new clients. Because don't forget, if they're brand new, just the first layer of what you know is probably enough for them or maybe even is going to overwhelm them. You know, it, 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 if you go to buy a car and that's not something you do very often, you really don't have to know everything there is to know about how it works. You just have to know which is the one that's right for you. So the same thing for your clients. They don't have to know everything you know about sales or networking or product development or whatever it is you're an expert in. They just have enough to know enough to make a difference in their business or their life. Then you can have some things that are a little bit more in depth for those clients who want to take it more farther or want to know more. And they can take advantage of that. That's the next layer. And then the next layer is for those folks who really, really want to become experts in it. And so by using that sort of layer approach, you're um, leveraging what you know, and we've talked about that in other business builders, but you're leveraging what you know in more and more depth for clients who are more and more interested and, and can really use that information. Well, I think it does help you identify when you use that approach, it helps you identify what stage people are at based on how they respond. And I always challenge people to have a couple of questions that you can ask so that you can quickly determine where your prospect, where your potential client is at. I think oftentimes we tend to start out at a certain point. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone you need to be able to know where someone is because everyone starts at a different spot. It's not a one size fits all. And I think sometimes we tend to approach what we do as a one size fits all. Yeah, we do. You know, and, and not only your client's perspective, but from your perspective, it doesn't do you any service either. Um, the, the sort of put it all into one course really leads to us undervaluing what it is we do. So, um, you know, if you, if you do one hour that's just jam packed with everything, you know, you can only charge so much for that hour. But if you um, spread it out, uh, 
provide the information at a little bit slower uh, rate so that the, the people in the audience can actually absorb that information. You're doing them a service, but you're also doing yourself a service because that four hour or six hour or eight hour, whatever it ends up being, product that you have is worth a lot more than that one hour service that you had. Even though it's the same information, people perceive it as being worth a lot more. And so that then enables us to raise our our own price to a level that that is commensurate with you know what we're really worth. Well, I think it also allows you to be able to take people through activities, through exercises, through some thoughtful process so they can absorb the information and internalize it because we can sit here and tell someone that they absolutely need to take a certain action. And we know because we've done it time and time again that that action is critical for success. But unless someone really believes that and internalizes that themselves, they're not going to take that action because they're just going to see it as us telling them to do it versus them seeing that it's actually going to move the dial. Right. You know, I think I think also there's this tendency that we have to um, want to fill every single minute of every single course with something. And it's really OK to have some silence in there. I know that in the course that you did, you know, for um, uh, health and wellness, there were some places in there where you had an exercise and then you actually told the audience, I'm going to give you a minute now to complete this piece, whatever that piece was. And literally it was quiet for a minute and there was nothing there. Now, you know, you could use a little bit of background music, you could use silence, whatever it is, but there's really nothing going on for that minute. And that's t really OK. It's OK in a live setting. It's OK to do in, in a recorded setting. Um, you know, don't forget that if it's recorded, somebody, if they don't want to do it, they'll just skip over it. You know, it's not a big deal if uh, but if you don't put it in there, um, they don't have an opportunity to really try it out. And I think, you know, going back to what you said, I think that's really, really key is to make sure people have an opportunity to experience what you're telling them. And, and, and that's really good from their perspective. And again, going back to uh, the coaches, speakers and authors, it's really a great opportunity from our perspective because it allows your audience to really experience the value that you bring to whatever it is you're doing which then typically encourages them to re request more get more information maybe work with you further absolutely and i even think about having that silent time when you're having conversations when you're networking when you're doing anything it's not just in your delivery of your products i think it's a skill that we can use in everything we do because we can really listen and pay attention to what someone's saying and it's okay to take 30 seconds 60 seconds to process the information i think so often we're so busy trying to think about what we're going to say next that we miss what they're saying when they're communicating to us and we're not really answering the right thing. That's how you build relationships. That's how you make that connection. Silence is okay. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you got, you went down that path because it is absolutely true. We're talking about overwhelming the client, but it can be overwhelming the prospect as well. So uh, I don't know if you've been in maybe at a networking event. I know I've been at one where I meet someone and there's the usual pleasantries. Hi, how are you? What do you do? You know, back and forth. That sort of goes. And then they just launch into this long 
talk about how interesting their business is and what they do and where they go. It's almost like they're just overwhelming me with all sorts of information, way more than I actually wanted to know about their business or that I needed to know about their business. And so here I am, you know, standing in this conversation thinking, well, gosh, you know, this is too much information. I mean, I, 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 do I really want to work with this person? Do I really want to partner with this person? I, I can't even get a word in edgewise. And so it's the same, it's the same thing. It's, it's that give and take. It's, you know, it's the layer approach. So what I try to always do in networking is use the layer approach. Um, you know, the, the pleasantries of, hi, how are you? What do you do? What's, you know, that back and forth. And then tell me about your business. And I give them two or three sentences. And then if they go to a different topic, we go to a different topic. But if they are interested, and if my first two or three sentences are good, then more often than not, they'll say, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more or some version of that. Absolutely. And I think it's that quality versus quantity. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to go to our Facebook page on Turn Knowledge to Profit and share how you're using some of that quiet time to really listen to what the other person's saying so that you're providing the right level of information. And I'm going to challenge everyone to look at your products and look at what you're delivering to your clients and really ask yourself, are you giving too much information? You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.